Welcome to this week's Sports Girls podcast. I'm Denise O'Flaherty and this week is a dual podcast and we have our regular pundit Nadine Doherty on talking all things ladies football while we'll be joined later on by our Camogie pundit Adrian O'Sullivan. Nadine, you're away on holidays. Welcome back and back to reality. Yeah, big time. <laughs> back to good football though in fairness. So. That's exactly it and plenty to talk about on the field of play. Unfortunately for you, Donegal failed to make the quarterfinals. Ah, uh, yeah. Look, it's um, very disappointing for them. I think I obviously had high hopes and they would have had mm. high hopes themselves. But um, I think the loss against Tyrone probably hurt them more psychologically than than even on you know the board and in terms of the points in the group. Um, they still had that chance against Mayo, but they just never really looked like getting over the line against Mayo. And and I think even having that pressure of having yeah. to win by the four points might have played a bit of a part too. But credit to Mayo, a lot of different scores around the field for Mayo that day probably a bit more pace a bit more physicality and they did deserve it in fairness to them Nadine in the first two quarterfinals Cork defeated Tyrone and Dublin beat Kerry and those two heavy hitters will meet in the semi-finals yeah um, look I fully expected Cork to come out like a wounded animal and it was unfortunate that Tyrone were the opposition. Um, I was I was shocked, you know, I, mm. I haven't been able to speak about it, I suppose I was shocked that Cork did fall to our man. Yeah. Um, I know um, Quiva was on the, Quiva Marley was on yeah. the podcast last weekend and this was maybe criticised us pundits for not giving them a hope um, of beating Cork. Um, I mean, I take my hat off to our ma, but, you know, as a pundit, you have to look at results. Yeah. You have to look at what's been happening in the championship so far. And, I mean, Cork, in terms of how they've been playing and their wins, and, you know, our ma had that horrible Ulster final. They had the horrible defeat to Cavan, so you couldn't but tip Cork. But, um, in fairness to our ma, they did really well. But, yeah, look, no surprise that Cork beat, beat your own. Um, what I would say about it, though, and again worryingly for Cork and we've spoken about it before on the podcast they conceded another three goals yeah. you know um, they've shipped three goals in the gr- in each of the group matches uh, four against Armagh um, so you know it'll be interesting against Dublin um, look Dublin very comfortable against Kerry um, as we expected they've really just built um, this championship you know we might have been a little bit critical of them in the Leinster Leinster final um, against Westmeath but in fairness they really hadn't had a match you know, yeah. but they're steadily building. They're putting up. They put up huge scores, as we always expect them to do in championship. You know, in the round robin, and um, they're conceding an average of eight scores per game in championship, which is really impressive. Yeah. Um. Personally, though, I feel you know they aren't the team they were last year at the minute. I think the loss of Leah Caffrey. I don't think that void has been filled. Um. I don't think that Noel Healy, Carla Rowe, Lauren McGee, they aren't. They haven't hit the heights yet that they we've have, seen yeah. in past seasons. Um, but then you have, look, Sinead Goldrick, Lindsay Davies, Sinead Ahern, Alwyn yeah. Carey, Kira Trant, Eve McFly, they're all, look, they're all flying and they're the main reason that they could still win this All-Ireland. Um, as I said about Cork, look, demolished Tyrone, fully expected them to, if they didn't react to that shock defeat against Armagh, then their year was yeah. over, really. You know, I feel they had to put up that big score. They had to make a statement. Neve Cotter back in midfield, massive boost for them. Um, I really think she is... 
a massive player on that team and I, I don't know if she gets enough credit. She's kind of understated, you know, um, but her work rate's phenomenal and then having Durno Sullivan back now, probably 90% fit is, is great for them. And as I said, look, my worry for the Cork is their defence, yeah. their full back line, three goals against Tyrone, three goals against Cavan, average of 18 points, that's what they're conceding, you know, and that's over... Big difference between points. them and Dublin, yeah. yeah. Double, you know, um, they'll be worried about that and I think they need to sort out their structure on their back line. They probably need more cover for that full back line if they are to beat Dublin. Um, and look, as with Dublin, I don't think we've seen the best of Cork yet and I think in the semi-final we're going to see both teams really come to life and what's going to be the match of the season so far. I think it's going to be incredible. Exactly, and, and in Croker as well. Talking yeah. about Armagh, a spirited performance for them. They lost out to Mayo on Saturday, while Galway's Tracy Leonard, she scored 1-5 to help her side defeat Waterford. The conditions for that game in Longford were just absolutely unreal. We had club games called off in the county, and, you know, great credit to the girls for going out and playing in that weather. Oh, huge credit. It was just torrential. And, I mean, you couldn't even see players crafting yeah. with the TG Car cameras, and they could do nothing about yeah. it. It was... And now, in fairness to the pitch in Pierce Park, it seemed to hold up well. And I yeah. read during the week that it did hold up. Really yeah, well. that's did. Yeah, yeah. So credit to the staff there, the grounds people. But um, I'd say the players would have preferred it to be flooded <laughs> and and have it called off. But you know, look, it was really hard to judge either team yeah. on that game with the weather. Um, Waterford, look, as we've seen all year. They're always capable of scoring goals. Yep. I don't think Galway felt safe at any point of the match because they couldn't completely kill off Waterford, even though, you know, they led throughout. But I'd say they were still, you know, nervous even going into those last 15 minutes. And um, look, as you said, Tracy Leonard, yet again, she's, she just leads the Galway charge yep. week in, week out. Sublime goal. It was absolutely fab. The, I mean, her intuition just to do that to chip over the keeper was fantastic. Um, look, with Waterford, they've bowed out, but you really have to compliment them on their season. Yep. Um, I think they push teams. They've solidified themselves as really strong, you know, opponents in the top tier. They're a senior team, and I'm delighted that they're still there. Yep. There's some brilliant players, and they seem to have a real team mentality um, and never say die. You know, they just seem to keep coming back and keep coming back in matches, even though they haven't got the results, possibly. The performances have been brilliant. Um, and I hope that they do stick together and push on again again next year. Because, you know, sometimes you do see in ladies football, a team has a really good year. And, and then, then that's players, it, yeah. Yeah. You know, like players might decide to retire or players might go play in soccer, you know, explore different things. So I really hope for Waterford that that team um, stick together. Uh, and then, as you were saying, yeah, they are my match. Fair play to them again. Yep. Um, they came out, they backed up the core performance with another really, really good performance. I felt though over, you know, the, the 70 minutes, Mayo probably could have won a little bit more comfortably, but no more than Waterford against Galway. Credit to Armagh, they didn't give up. Yep. Um, and they found themselves in front, you know, with 20 minutes to go, but God, I thought Fiona Doherty's point was absolutely class. And had she not scored that point, um, Armagh would have probably gone up the field and scored a point to go ahead so that was crucial and then Sarah's goal great finish yeah. and that just gave them the cushion you know it kind of stopped Armagh's momentum and then Mayo were able to close out the game I have to mention Caroline O'Hanlon again she's just a superb player incredible just... athlete ah she really is you know incredible athlete I mean she single-handedly for me orchestrated that win against Cork
Cork. Everything good about Armagh that day started with her or finished with her. She was just phenomenal and she did it again against Mayo. Um, I felt the game overall, you know, there was great score taken in the game. Um, Mayo had 10 names on the score sheet. Yeah, which was brilliant to see, yes. That's phenomenal for any team. That's really, you know, and I think that could be key in the, the match against Galway, which I suppose we'll talk about later. Yeah. But um, they also had Aileen Gilroy back from injury. She was off for a long time with injury. Huge boost in the middle of the field for them. And Lisa Caffrey has seemed to have rejoined the squad in the last number of weeks um, and played a role at different stages of the game. So it's great to have her back. And I mean, look, you have to credit Mayo. What a story for them. I mean, this time last year, the difference a year makes. Yeah. Um, so fair play to them really they'd be looking forward to that match against Galway and when you do think of it Nadine the group that they came through you know Tyrone beat um, Donegal they got a win up in, up in Tyrone then yeah. they defeated Donegal themselves you know Armagh were after getting that win off um, against Cork and Morgan in full of confidence defeated you know they're getting results now and you know they've had them good games ahead of this Galway game I know they're going to think back to the replay and what Galway done to them. So that's something that's going to stir something for them. Oh, definitely. I mean, we looked at that group as the group of death, really, yeah. whenever we looked at it first. And to go to Tyrone, the form that Tyrone showed, yeah. you know, against Donegal and even against Cork the other day, in fairness to them, yeah. um, was massive for Mayo. Huge statement. And I feel, yeah, look, the Mayo-Galway game, I think all the pressure's on Galway. Yeah. Um, I do, I really do. Um, and as you said, look, both teams know each other inside out. Um, Mayo, for me, are the team who've definitely improved yeah. since Connacht. I think Galway have been steady, but like, they haven't made any real statement of intent. They haven't, you know, they haven't lit up the championship for me. And for me, Mayo have, you know, and as I said earlier, you know, Galway overly rely on Tracy Leonard. She scored 1-5, which is phenomenal. And then Mayo had 10 different scores. Could we be harsh maybe in saying about Galway a little bit predictable? Yeah, for me, Galway have been predictable all year, Mm. really. You know, you have Louise Ward coming a pace through the middle. You have maybe Nicola Ward, Burke making breaks from the back. Um, You have the two Leonards up front with the onus, for me, always Mm. on Tracy. Tracy. Um, That Kerry match, I know they won it. You know, they won it comfortably in the end. But Kerry absolutely demolished them in the first 20 yeah. minutes. And then Kerry picked up the few injuries and, and Galway got their momentum going. But I mean, if Galway start like that against Mayo, it's lights out. Yeah. Like it's game over, you know. So for me, I'd, I'd say Galway are still probably slight favourites simply because they probably feel they have a lot to prove to yeah. themselves. You know, um, but look, Mayo... They, we know they love Crow Park. I mean, look at the performance they put in up there yeah. against Dublin this year. They like big, wide open spaces. You know, their forwards, their full forward line has been incredible. Um, There's no pressure on space. them though, as well There's as you none. said. Yeah, because Galway, we've we've spoken so many times over the t- over the past year about Galway. You know, the flash to deceive. We think they're going to do something, and then you know they just don't. So for Galway, everyone's going to be looking at them. Can they make an All Ireland final? Oh, absolutely. And look, at they haven't responded to pressure in the past, mm. you know. Um, I feel for that team, it's now or never, yeah. really. I know we said it about the league final, but, you know, the league's the league. But, you know, for me, they failed quite miserably in that attempt yeah. to, to win a league. 
Um, yeah, the pressure is on them, and I'll tell you, Peter Leahy will have that Mayo team yeah. absolutely drilled. It'll be physical. We've seen the physicality that Mayo. Yes. They always play on the edge, you know, and I do find it tough to watch sometimes. <laughs> it, I do get frustrated. They seem to pick up yellow cards, and they can cope with them. You know, Neve Kelly got a yellow card again there the last day, but Mayo coped no problem, you know, losing her. Um, and I think Crow Park will be a big factor. So even though, you know, I, I suppose I might just tip Galway ever so slightly, I would not be surprised in the slightest if Mayo won that match either. Exactly. You know, I do think it's yeah. going to be so tight. And again, look, it's going to be a serious day of football with Cork and Dublin and Mayo and Galway. It's it's going to be unbelievable. You know, you're going to have the best of ladies football in oh, Crow yeah. Park. Yeah, you know, when, yeah. You are, when, when you talk about the games and we're, we're not typing them up, we're actually just telling the truth about these games you know you've got the heavy hitters in the first game and then you've got the two teams from Connacht who know each other inside out and it's the unpredictability of that game that is going to be fascinating as well yeah well I think both matches are going to be so unpredictable um I mean as we've spoken about Cork and Dublin too I, I mean, I'm, I'm still going to tip Cork because I tipped them at the start of the year for the championship. Yeah, yeah. So I, I'm not going to leave them now. But I mean, Dublin have just gradually kept tipping yeah. away and kept tipping away and improved and improved. They're putting up massive scores. They love Crow Park. Cork love Crow Park. Um, it's going to be, it's going to be really intense and it's going to be a brilliant tactical battle too. You know, Mick Bohan and F. Fitzgerald, they know yeah. each other very well at this point. Um, they probably know each other's game plans inside out. So it'll be interesting to see if their manager you know maybe sets up differently yes. from their usual um what kind of matchups they'll go with um will lauren mcgee will we see her maybe push up forward out of the the halfback role will she move more into that midfield role for longer periods of the game um who's going to pick up the o'sullivan's you know it's just it's mm. going to be really fascinating um who's going to pick up emer scally she's been incredible this year will they take goldie out of Centre back or half back, and maybe put her back on Emer Scally or Saoirse Noonan. You know, yeah. it'll be interesting to see what way it goes. Cavan, for the second year in a row, they retained their senior status. They beat uh, Westmead at the weekend, and Westmead now have to play Monaghan in the relegation final this coming weekend. I suppose for Westmead, having that game, it might, I don't know, even though they lost, it might actually help them against the Monaghan side, who now have been waiting a couple of weeks for a game. Yeah, look, it's going on the championship performances this year. Um, the result didn't surprise me. Mm. Um, you know, I had Cavan in the quarterfinal before our mass stunned us with that defeat yeah. of Cork. And I think Cavan have performed gallantly and really well this year. Look, Westmead and Cavan, to say two teams know each other inside out, it's like the Mayo and Galway. Yeah. These two teams, they've been nemesis going back to their days in intermediate. Just, yeah. um, they've been battles to get out of Division 2, so it was always going to be a really you know, tough physical encounter. For me, a relegation battle generally comes down to hunger and pride in the jersey when two teams yeah. are so easily matched like Cavan and Westmead are. And with a scoreline like that, like that's a comprehensive win for Cavan. Yeah. You know, that to me showed that Cavan as a unit probably had more hunger and desire for this win. Um, you know, looking at Westmead, look, their problem all year has been their inability to score. They've probably only averaged maybe 11, 12 points this yeah. year in the championship. They got 1-7 there the last day. Like, that's not going to win you a match. There's no way, you know. Yeah, Cavan um, are ruthless. Cavan are ruthless, but they have those few marquee forwards. Yeah, forwards, yeah. You know, Ashton, they're all, like yeah. the Doonan and the, sh- the other Sheridans. Like, yeah. they're always going to get you 
one five each. Yeah. You know, whereas with me, look, they're void of a marquee forward who's always going to get you that one five or yeah. one seven, you know, a game. Um, I still think they'll beat Monaghan, mainly due to what you've said, you know, yeah. Monaghan haven't had a match. Um, their form, unfortunately for them, has yeah. been really poor. You look at Division year. 1 as well, yeah. That's it, you know, and there could be possibly a desire to go intermediate, you know, rebuild, um, and yeah. rebuild around that minor team who, who made the final. Um, I also thought that Donegal were going to be in a relegation playoff, but um, I found out that because they won Ulster, if you're a provincial winner, you, you are exempt. Yeah, you're exempt from relegation. Um, because I wasn't sure on that. I thought I'd missed the Monaghan Donegal game, or you know, but that's why Donegal weren't in a relegation battle. And look, look, come back to Cavan. Fair play to them. They've been very competitive this championship. I'm really glad to see them stay up. Um, they have a few really good young players coming through, and no more than Waterford, you'd love to see them stay together and continue to improve during the league. You know, and maybe you know, challenge for Ulster next year. You wouldn't know. Yeah, um, there's a pull up to Donegal. They did, and you know, Ashley Sherman told us that yeah. a lot of young players coming through. Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of young talent coming through there. Um, and if they stay together, because Ulster is going to be very competitive. Yeah. You know, as Quiva alluded to last week about Tyrone, yeah. you know, Tyrone are going to be the team to beat in the next couple of years. And I fully agree with her there. You know, I could see a few Donegal girls maybe retiring or taking a break. Monaghan have that minor team coming through. But, you know, that's if they stay up, they, yeah. they might challenge. And yeah, Cavan, they'll, they'll definitely be, um, they'll be a challenge to, to different teams. And look at Westmeath, unfortunate for them that they're in this relegation battle, but I, I do feel, I'd hope that that bit of pride in the jersey and that bit more hunger to get over Man will see them safe. We'll move on to the intermediate and the big shock, no disrespect to uh, Leitrim, is that Wicklow will be playing junior football next year after they were defeated by Leitrim. Now I have to say it's tough on Wicklow, they pulled up to Tipperary in their final group game and they actually ended up in the playoff because Longford scored more points against them in their drawn game, whereas you think goals will be more important but obviously it was points so uh they're playing junior football and Limerick are also playing junior football again next year because Leach defeated them. Yeah, with Wicklow, like, I know you're saying if, I suppose when two teams are level, it goes the head to head. That was a draw mm. between um, those two teams, between Langford and Wicklow. But then it goes, as you said, to more points, points. scored. Like, I'd feel it just should go on score difference. Like, yeah. That's, like, if you look at that table, I looked at that table today. And Wicklow were minus 29 and Longford were minus 37. In the majority of sports it does, but um, obviously, you know, the LGFA have been doing it this way for a long time. They obviously feel it works for them. But to look at that table as a, you know, a neutral supporter, you'd think, well, how are Wicklow relegated when they came? And I would be, I would be honest and say it as a Longford person. You know, I found it very harsh that, you know, Longford shipped a, a lot of scores, though I have to say, Tipperary rested players in their final game against Wicklow as well, well and Longford yeah. were without, I suppose, Longford were without um, a, a few minors as well for some of the games, so that could have could have happened as well. Yeah, but the LGFA are probably thinking as well, though, uh, sorry Nadine, that um, some games could be, you know, dead rubbers and obviously the Tipperary game and it would be unfair, so they're probably thinking, well, this is our, our best way or our, our fairest way of doing it. Exactly, and that's a really good point. Um, and I'd imagine that is the logical, you know, their reasoning behind doing it that way. And when you actually trash it out and, and, mm. and say it that way, that probably is the fair way, you know, because as you said, dead rubber matches, other teams rest in players. But then, you know, on the flip side, 
if Tipperary weren't down intermediate, because they shouldn't be intermediate, yeah. then these rubber matches shouldn't be happening. No, nope. So that's Very the other true. argument. You know, so there's two sides to it. But look, I feel bad for Wicklow because they battled for year yeah. upon year upon year to get up from junior. They're probably going to go down to junior. And if that crew stay together, they'll probably win it. Maybe look at, you know, you look at it too. Wicklow drew a match. Leitrim lost all of their matches yeah. without bringing anything to the championship or even the league, the league this year. Exactly, yeah. Manager was take was got rid of. There, there was a bit of you know disjoint within the county. So in that sense, it's disappointing for Wicklow. It you is, know. you know. I I don't mean to be harsh on Leitrim, but the turn up for one game, and yeah. you know, yeah. and it is quite unfair. Yeah, and now in fairness to them. You have Fair to applaud yeah. them that they Great did, win, yeah. but I agree. I agree. Yeah, you know, it is hard. Look, they could have got players out from clubs who haven't kicked the ball for Leitrim all year yeah. and, and got that result. But look, you know, really disappointing for Wicklow. But as I said, they'll probably bounce back up from junior. Um, there'll be a lot of people happy within the county if they do make it back to Crow Park next year. So, you know. It may not be too disappointing for them, but you know there's a few girls playing there a long time. They might decide, oh, look, I'm not able for another battle in junior. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to give up. But um, as well, I was wondering why two teams were relegated from intermediate, whereas in senior it's just the one. And it's because it's part of the LGFA, their three-year plan to have 12 teams in senior and 12 teams in intermediate. So there's currently 12 teams in senior. So this will be the last year of the double relegation in intermediate because that will bring that grade to 12 well, now next year. Yeah, and junior eight. So that's why they had the two this year. So as of next year, it'll be one and one. Um, one in senior, one in intermediate. Thank or you. if we, you'd love if it was no relegation whatsoever. Yeah, you know, we were just saying that, you know, just talking to Kiva about that as well, you know, yeah. about having the, t- the two years and things like that because it, it's great for counties. You know, you look at Cav and... Great credit to them, you know, two years in a row. But then you look at Tipperary, had done so well last year, uh, relegated just in one game, you know, just one performance. Yeah. And then, but look, at, they might have a chance to come back. Speaking of Tipperary, this coming weekend is the Intermediate Championship semi-finals. We have a double header in Nolan Park, Lincoln Kenny. It's Sligo versus Tipperary and Mead against Roscommon. Yeah, look, Sligo tip, I'd say Tipperary will probably yeah. win this by at least 10 points, with all due respect to Sligo. Mm. Um, tip are just a different animal altogether. They're far superior outfits. Sligo have been up and down this championship, you know. Um, they were probably on the easier side of that intermediate draw. Um, and for me, they're probably lucky enough to be in a semi when you consider teams like Clare and Wexford aren't there. Um, because they were on the, the harder side of the draw, I suppose, the stronger side. But um, I'd be absolutely shocked if Sligo pulled out a performance to be tip. Um, but look at Armagh B. Cork. So, you know, we can't write them off totally. But I'd, I'd be surprised. Um, Roscommon and Mead, I think that's going to be very interesting. Um, Roscommon have been brilliant this championship. Yeah. Um, now, granted, they've been on the easier side of the draw, but they've put up some great scores really entertaining performances and I think they'll bring a lot to the table um, look Meath had a huge win I felt over Wexford in the quarter final having lost to Wexford in the Leinster yes. final yeah it was a big big win for Meath 
really big win. Um, I think psychologically it was massive for them because, you know, as we discussed before, I believe they lost a few players in yeah, that away, Leinster yeah. final. Yeah, girls went away. Now, I don't know if those girls are back, but either way, um, it was a really good good win for me and psychologically great. So even though I think Roscommon are going to bring a huge amount to the table and it's going to be a cracker, um, I think Mees will edge it by the slightest of margins and it'll be a tip Mees final like we predicted way, way, way back. I know. At the start of the year. Pity we just can't, uh, you know, think of a uh, lot of numbers. We'd be, we'd be rolling <laughs> in it, wouldn't we? I wouldn't be doing this, I can tell you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Right, Nadine, we're going to move on to the junior. London had a fine win over Carlo while Fermanagh defeated their Ulster rivals, Derry. So when you look at, you know, uh, Loudtop Group A on six points, then you have London on three, Carlo of no points, and then the Group B, Fermanagh are on six, then Antrim are on three, and Derry have yet to pick up a point. Louth and London out of Group A, and Fermanagh and Antrim out of B. London, real surprise package for us. Yeah, championship. pull it up to Louth. Yeah, and a great win over Carlo. Yeah. Um, I suppose with London, it is hard to, to find out about what their squad's like yeah. because it changes every year. You know, there could be girls over there for the year working. Um, they pick up players from all over the place. So look, they seem to have a very strong squad this year. Um, as you said, they only lost to Louth by a point. Yeah. Um, Disappointing for Carlo. Remember, you know, we spoke about Carlo. We had yeah. on the podcast earlier in the year. Started off quite promising. Did we jinx um, them? I don't know if we jinxed them. I, you know, I think it could have been a case. Did they peak of, too soon? Maybe they peaked too soon. I think as well, you know, they'd have really experienced management team in there of Jerry McGill and Kilty, you know, with the fitness and that. Yeah. And probably using a nuanced approach to coaching, you know, and, yeah. and I think that. Now, in this day and age, I think that only gets you so far. And I think maybe with Carlo, it got them to a certain point in the season and then it kind of stopped working for them. Yeah. Now, this is me totally guessing. I, I don't know anything that's going on in Carlo, but just looking at results, mm. I suppose this is my own opinion of maybe trying to figure out what, what maybe happened. Look, they could have picked up injuries, but I just feel maybe, you know, a change of management for Carlo next year, you know, maybe somebody with newer ideas, a fresher approach might help them challenge in that junior because there are good footballers yeah. in Carlo. You know, if you look around at the colleges around the country and, you know, players in the Giles Cup and so on, um, you'd see the odd Carlo player in, in, you know, top college teams. So they should be doing better in junior. Um, look, Fermanagh, as we expected, beat Derry comfortably. Um, Fermanagh have been fairly consistent all year, really. Um, aside, you know, themselves and Antrim have kind of flipped back and forth yeah. in terms of results. Um, so I think, yeah, it'll be a difficult semi-final for Fermanagh against London. I think London will win that, just simply going on the results to date. Um, two excellent results to get them where they are now. And I'd imagine those London girls will, will be aiming for a day out in Crow Park. Um, Antrim Lowes. Uh, look, I tipped Lowes at the start of the year. Yes, yeah, they're here. Yeah, they got over London. They had good performances. Um, I think they beat Carlo. Um, so I think, look, I think they'll beat Antrim and it'll be a, a London Loud final. I think last year there was so much um, expected on them. And then obviously, you know, during the year they lost the manager, but everyone kind of expected them in Crow Park and just the goals killed them. Yeah. And you know yourself, they've probably learned so much from that defeat. 
Oh, definitely. They would have. And look, not only that, they've been floating around Junior for a long, long time. Um, I'd say they're just saying to themselves, right, you know, it's time we, we got out of here. And they set up their stall this year with that in mind. You could see it yeah. in their play and their performances. So they'll, they'll be aiming for that, that final and aiming to win it. But, you know, I think London, looking ahead, if, if London get over mm. from Anna, um, I, I hope for loud's sake they get over the line, but it could be another case of, of disappointment. Yeah, that is the one. Listen, Nadine, great chatting to you again. Lots of great football to look forward to. You know, it's it's really, we talk about it all the time. You know, it's the business end of the championship. And this is where the cream rises to the top. And, and we're seeing it now. So um, we'll be chatting to you again. So until then, take care. Sully, we had a break last weekend, but we look back at the games. Limerick put it up to Tipperary, but the Premier County were able to advance to the semi-finals. Well, Waterford made it uneasy for Galway. Yeah, look, I suppose two interesting games. So Limerick can be very disappointed with their second-half uh, performance in the yeah. first game. Uh, they were far too reliant on Neve Mulcahy up front. As well as they have a lot of young, very young forwards there. Yeah. Um, they started with the likes of Derby League and then Quiva Lines up front too, who are still 2021, you know. And look, I suppose in the first half, they played their half forward line very deep and the tip half back line followed them out and it created a lot of space and they got a bit of success up front and maybe could have scored a bit more uh, but we mentioned to Neve Lillis in the interview after the game in the, in the match against Clare in particular um, they were very good at half time and reorganised themselves and they were the exact same uh, against Limerick they completely reorganised themselves uh, Quiva Burke you could see was directing the half back line they didn't follow them out they kept their bank of six at the back um, and they just squashed Limerick out. I think Limerick only got one point in the second half, if I'm not mistaken, or two at the most. Um, so it was really good uh, rear guard action from Tipperary. Um, once again, I suppose, they, they caught the van, led the line from centre forward, just direct in play, winning the hard ball, and scored all her frees in tricky conditions as well. Um, but I think for me, the star of the game was Quiva, Quiva barking goals for Tipperary. Uh, save the penalty, one outstanding sliding save as well in the in the first half, um, and actually hit the twenty one with a puck out as well, which I haven't seen too many times in Turles. Um So she's the real deal, uh, Quiva Burke, and uh, she's a bit of a character as well. We interviewed her after. You can see the interview up on Sports Talk. But yeah. yeah, so that was that was the that was the Tip Limerick game. Tip, I suppose, haven't fired really, have they? Um, they've 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 played in patches. Um, and I suppose we'll come to this weekend's game shortly. Patches won't cut us on, on Saturday evening. Um, so while they'll be happy to be in the semi-final, they'll know themselves they have a bit of work to do, you know. You move on to the, the other game, Galway and uh, and Waterford. Waterford made it uneasy for Galway. Galway completely got out of jail here. Yeah. Um, Waterford brought an intensity and a ferocity that I haven't seen on a Camogie pitch before. They were up for it. They were borderline with a lot of their tackles. Um, they completely sold it into Galway and look, Galway just looks really struggled they were in four points down at half time uh, Bet Carton absolutely rifled the penalty um, and Waterford missed three goal chances one after the other uh, they could easily have been seven or ten points up ten minutes into the second half and Galway would have been done there was no yeah. coming back from that but credit to Galway they really hit the afterburners and when they did switch it on, I suppose Watford had maybe emptied the tank a little bit uh, with such a massive effort first 40 minutes. Galway hit 110 without reply and played some absolutely phenomenal hurling. Um, 
They were really, really strong at the back, really sorted themselves out. And Ada Shiroi Lee, Fadunahu, um, led the line up front, um, were, were superb. Um, and I suppose that we were, um, we said in our interviews after that, uh, Shauna Healy was absolutely incredible as well for Galway. And it's not too often the cornerbacks get deployed, so I think we'll give her a shout out again. Because um, it's usually the scorers that have to get the get the plaudits in Camogie because a lot of the reporters don't tend to be at the matches and stuff. So um, fair play to Sean, and she was excellent as well. Um, look, Galway's been stuttering a little bit as well. I suppose we'll find out shortly whether Cahill is pulling the wool over all our eyes and whether they're just timing the run perfectly. Um, we did mention it in the post-match interviews. The last two or three times that Galway have come in through the quarter-finals, they've won really handily against a team who came yeah. first in the opposite group and were really undercooked for the semi-final and got beaten. And everyone was in agreement after the game in Turles that they will not have got better any better preparation yeah. than what they got against Waterford for the ferocity that they're going to face against Cork. The one worry I would have for Galway is that Don Laroque, the Waterford manager, told me that Cork were the fittest team they've come across this year. Now that's coming from Waterford, who were flying, absolutely flying. So, Galway are going to have to play for the whole game if they want to put away Cork next uh, next Saturday. You know? We've spoke so many times about Waterford, and I suppose we weren't surprised at the performance, but I think maybe they just upped their performance than what we had seen yeah. before that. Look, I can say it now because I suppose the, the championship is over for Watford. I've been chatting to Don a lot in, in the week before the game and they were 100% confident that they were going to beat mm. Galway. And I know by talking to them he wasn't spoofing. They they went down to win that game. There was no such thing as going down to put up a performance. Yeah. They went down and he really he's really instilled a belief in that group that they can achieve anything. Yeah. I suppose they, they, what you have to remember as well is that Watford team are full of winners. Like they have a lot of the St. Angeles schools players who have, who have won the Ireland School Championship. They've won a couple of Munster Minor A titles in the last couple of years. And like the Beck Cart and Queen McGrath have won Ashburns with you well. Um, draw, and they have a lot of players, Neve Rocket playing with GCC, played at a high level in Ashburn and stuff like that. They got Shona Kern back, they got Trish Jackman back, they got Fiona Marcy back, big physical players. And they were just outstanding. They played incredible stuff. And look, if there's going to be clubs and counties clamouring for Donald's services now for the job that he's done with them in the last two years. But if he does stay with them, um, well, then they're going to be a serious threat next year. And they're probably the best equipped of the teams outside the top three. Uh, they're the best, they're the best firepower, um, to possibly break that, uh, break that cartel. You know, they were, they were just excellent. And <clears throat> look, I've, I've great time for Galway because I have a good working relationship with yeah. Cahill as well. But, and the deep down, I was a little bit heartbroken for Watford that they, that they weren't able to stay the course for the, over the 60 minutes, you know. And like, we spoke as well. They've done a great service for Camogie this year yeah. by coming out and releasing that statement and I suppose having the having the courage to stand up to the Camogie Association and they've, they've done a service to all the teams so I suppose maybe that's why we've a little soft spot for them as well because they showed that but they really brought that fighting spirit onto the field and they smacked Galway in the mouth and Galway were reeling for 40 minutes but as I said hats off to Galway I suppose we have to remember as well Galway started without Teeny Cormac and without Neve Hennessy their centre forward and their full forward for, for the whole championship um, you take 11 and 14 out of any team and it's going to have an effect you know so yeah. we'll have to wait and see whether they, they return from uh, from their injury issues for for Saturday you know which will be a big addition to Galway if they do and all fairness as you said and we'll talk more about those semi-finals again but what better preparation for Final Four but a game like that for Galway you want to comment on the referee in, in those games and it's good news yes the imagine that 
I actually have something good to say about referees. No, I thought... Constructive criticism it is, Sully. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, you could think of a word beginning with B and ending with Olikin as well. Say the referees, but yeah, now you look, I was sitting beside the referees assessor and uh, myself and Keena Foley were commenting on as the journalist that we thought we felt the referees were letting the game flow. Mm. The assessor wasn't happy with that. He was saying, no, no, he's applying the rules, applying the rules. But yeah, I really thought just showed great common sense. Uh, it was uh, Ray, Ray Kelly and Owen Elliott uh, from Kildare and Antrim. And I just thought, like without putting any players in danger they just let there be a small physical edge to the game there was never anyone in danger they weren't running it with freeze it didn't turn into a free taking contest um, and I know Donald said afterwards that he thought that Owen Elliott was a little bit hard on them in particular uh, they can't see I think it was 12 freeze to 1 in the second half now when I put it to him that like the physicality that they brought might have lent to that a small bit he did concede a little bit Maybe they can feel a small bit hard done by on a few decisions, all right. And I know there was a high tackle that led to the Galway goal um, that probably should have been pulled back. But overall, I thought the referees in both games um, were really, really good. And I hope, I, I haven't actually seen who they've appointed for, for Saturday, but I hope them two guys are, are put out on show again because they just really contributed to the spectacle, especially in the second game. Well, maybe if they're not out Saturday, some of them can be in the running for the final. Um, in the junior yeah. semi-finals, Kerry defeated Clare while Limerick beat Roscommon and then obviously yeah. we had an intermediate relegation playoff as well Kildare defeated Wexford mm-hmm. Yeah look the junior semi-finals I suppose it was great to see that uh, Jerome Quinn was actually down with the game yeah. so there was a good bit of coverage of them online um, and I'm all for that and again we were critical of the Camogie Association early in the year that they didn't have the coverage uh, that they should have and if they have no one I suppose it, it, we, have to, we have to be complimentary of them when they do it as well um, look, Kerry are raging hot favourites for that competition. Mm. They got to the final last year, beaten by a strong Dublin team. They've been there, thereabouts for a long time. And I suppose in Patrice Diggins, they have one of the top performers in the country, never mind in the junior championship. I was unlucky enough to have to compete against her a few times with coach in Mary Oye, and she was the centre back for the UL Ashburn team in the midfield. And look, she was a standout player at Ashburn level, and like, you know, if you take a standout player at Ashburn level and put him into a junior, Championship, it's it's like a, a woman against girls. Like the the things she was doing in the field were just phenomenal. There's a great clip there where she she hooked the Clare centre back coming out. Uh, ball popped up into the air, caught it, sidestepped the centre back and over the bar, all in one movement. It's just like she's just pure class, you know. Um, so they'd be raging hot favourites. They've got a very very strong team. Sarah Murphy and Jackie Horrigan and a few a few big names that have been around for a long mm-hmm. time. Uh, big shout out to Limerick as well. Like the big achievement for Limerick getting to the Premier Junior final. Uh, we won the Junior back in 2014 when there was a fourth tier, so that was the one below the Premier Junior. Um, and they've been struggling since to make the step up because look, Limerick don't have the playing numbers to be really competitive with a second team. But uh, my mate Colm O'Brien did great work at the start of the year and getting the Junior team together and put a lot of work. And they got to the Division Three League final. He had to step away then he's gone a roll with Munster GA down in South Kerry so he's actually I suppose in the opposite camp nearly though at the moment but um, minor management who got Limerick to the minor B final this year took over so they've got to another all Ireland final and I suppose like I didn't know I'd say I knew three of the names on the Limerick team and I know Limerick Camogie fairly well so that shows you how young that team is I have no idea who has most of these players are from a very very young side it's a lot of the minor team so they'll really benefit from uh, from the trip to Croke Park, you know. So we'll be working up there with Sports Talk. So looking forward to that. Now it's nice to have a limited flavour to the 
name of the game if get some quality players was Rebecca Noonan would have played senior for Limerick with us for a couple of years um, and she's the, she's the main forward for them and the likes of Grace Neely and Brown to bring a lot of experience to that team as well so it could be an interesting game Kerry will be hot favourites but you know Limerick will bring the, the old chip on the shoulder fighting spirit that we're famous for down here as well so that'll be, uh, that'll be a good start to the day in Crow Park that day Busy weekend the intermediate and senior semi-finals take place they're all on Saturday in the intermediate, last year's beaten All Ireland finalists down take on Westmeath while Galway play Tipperary. Yeah, well, look, I said from the start of the year, I saw Westmeath playing against UCD in January above in Belfield. I was doing a bit of scouting on UCD. I probably shouldn't have been there sitting on the Westmeath bench, thanks to thanks to Johnny Greville. Um, but they've they've an excellent side, and like Johnny's put in some amount of work into them over the years. Um, and his own sister Pamela is a serious yeah. four, but now she's got a lot of support around her. It's a tough task for them on on Saturday. Don't have the experience of being there last year. Um, and generally speaking, if you look back through the pattern, the team, an intermediate team who has lost the final year before, nearly always goes on and wins it the following year. Limerick did it, lost in 2013, won in 2014. I think Waterford did the same, lost in, uh, lost in 15, um, and went on and won it afterwards. Um, Kikini lost in 14, won it in 16. So the experience of going to Crow Park is definitely an advantage, and it, and it, and it gives you, it's a great drive as well. So yeah. You've been there and lost. It's a real motivator to get back there, so that might go down the advantage. But look, from getting to know Johnny over the last year, I suppose I won't be getting to know him anymore now after what happened. But sure, we won't go into that. But um, the like, I I'd fancy Westmead there. Like, like they'll definitely be underdogs. But geez, I wouldn't be backing against them at all, you know. And uh, what about the second game? It's unusual not to see Cork um, in a, an intermediate semi final, but Galway against yeah. Tipperary. Galway against Tipperary, like I suppose, uh, Kyle was a bit angry the last day that he had to nearly he nearly crashed his car going from the intermediate game to the senior game because they were so so badly scheduled. Mm. But look, he's got his wish on Saturday. Unfortunately, they couldn't say it as a triple header, but uh, the intermediate game's on out in Cratlow. Yeah, sure, Cratlow, you could poke a ball from Cratlow into the game. So much, yeah. County Clare. So Galway have been going really really well. They've the same setup. It's the same as Tipperary. Tipperary have the same management as well. So Neve Lillis and and Kyle Murray are going to be busy on Saturday. Um, Galway are very strong they've been going well Tip have the Division 2 League 1 um, now I know since they won that league they've used up a couple of those players on the senior team and I think Shauna Quirk was their main forward in that in that league final and, and uh, she's in the States um, whether they get her back now for the, for the knockout stage of the championship I don't know look it's always tough to call it between two second teams because you just don't know. They're, they're the second string teams in the county. If the thing two shows up well on the day, but look, I think I think Galway will just about edge that one. Um, and look, it'd be nice, Jesus, for me if, if we could get it was West Me got to the got to the final. It'd almost be like I'd be uh, I'd be getting paid to watch all my friends in Crow Park because I know a good few of the Limerick girls, and obviously Johnny Dean would be over the West Me team as well. So that'd be a great day. But we're not one bit biased, but. Yeah, look, I think it'll be a Westmead Galway final, so I'll put my neck on the line with that one. You're not jumping on the Westmead bandwagon, you know, for no other reason, no, just that, you know, just friends yeah, are in no, Yeah, Johnny, Johnny, uh, Johnny was good to me all year at the senior hurlers, so I'd be hoping, only hoping for the best for him, so hopefully, hopefully he'll get the reward now for all the time he's put into that team, you know. We'll move on to the senior games. Uh, Double header 
in the LIT Gaelic Rounds in Limerick. Yeah. Kilkenny against Tipperary and Galway against Cork. As we said, Galway yeah. probably had the best preparation for this game. Oh, when you, think you, was... let, you left out something very important there. As predicted by me at the start of the year, these are the four teams in the semi-final. Just saying. Yeah, but you predicted Kilkenny were going to play Galway in the semi-final. Yeah, look, that's only, don't be getting predicted. That's it, now called it, you know, so, look. We'll organise yeah, a, a bar of chocolate for you or something as a prize. Yeah, so. yeah, you know, like any of us now involved in UL, we still haven't quite got our heads around calling it LIT Gaelic Rounds. So I know, the still the Gaelic Rounds, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, look, these, this is this is going to be a great weekend. Um, really enjoyed the, the last day working working down. Uh, again, a shout out to the Camogie Association. They're so accommodating when you go working there in a media capacity and stuff like that. Really looking forward. Down in my own backyard, obviously, which is great. So we welcome Tom and the Sports Talk lad down to uh, down to Limerick. Well, Fiona Hickey's going to be working there with us as well. She was on the podcast with us before, so it'll do well to get get any wordy edges with, uh, with Fiona on the camera as well. So I'll try my best, but... Look, the four best teams in the country, okay, um, have made it this far, and I suppose for a lot of people, it's the end of the championship. Um, it's just, it's just going to be phenomenal. Galway Cork, I suppose. Well, we start with Tipperary. Kilkenny, I suppose, is the first game. Look, Kilkenny have been absolutely flying. Uh, nobody's laid a glove on them. You know, they went up to Galway in the first round and won up in Athenry, which is a really, really hard thing to do. And then have just been steadily tipping away nicely, put up a huge score against Limerick. Um, I remember Fiona saying she was going at it. It was just a phenomenal display. They have excellent forwards. Uh, Denise Gall, Katie Power, Farrells, uh, Michelle Quilty, just, they have talent all over the place. And, like, if, if Tipperary's defence play like they played in the second half against Limerick, they'll have a chance. But if they give the Kikini forwards the space to give the Limerick forwards in the first half, well then this game could be over at half time. They really can't afford, like we said already, Neve Lillis and her team have done a great job mm-hmm. at half time against Clare and a great job at half time against Limerick in reorganising and getting a grasp on the game. You know, they're very Dublin esque that way. They must have a good stats team up in the stand that are helping them out and stuff like that. But the thing with Kikini is if you wait till half time to rearrange, you could be done and dusted. You know, they really have the firepower to put you away. They, they can go out there and score and hit one fifteen, one sixteen and a half without without a second thought. You know, so um, it'd be very interesting to see how Tipperary set up. They have set up quite defensively in games before, um, although it was probably more under Bill's time. They used to try and free up Karen Kennedy since Neve has come in. She's kind of set out more fifteen on fifteen. Karen tends to sit a bit anyway, and I'm sure Quiva Burke could be calling her back and making sure she's protecting the full back line. And Mary Ryan will be doing the same. She won't want to be left wide open there um, at the back either. Um, look, they're going to need Cots of Van to fire. They're going to need Orla Dwyer to fire. They're going to need Ailish McDonald to continue her goal her goal run that, that she had in the group stages. Um, yeah, it's a tough task for Tipperary. Look, my head yeah. is saying that you know, it, it could be Kikini by nine or ten points I know that might sound bizarre but I really have that much faith in that Kikini forward line when they click they're just phenomenal like I've seen it first hand they're, they're, they're the only team I've ever seen that absolutely destroyed the team I was involved and we played them down in James Stevens a few years ago in a challenge match and I'd never seen that like it they scored 426 against us on a night we played well and they just have firepower that no other team has you know and if they, if they produce that 
they, they get to the final, I think. What about the second one? This is the one that this weekend we yeah. have Galway and Cork in well, what's going to be a cracking game in the Camogie and then the following weekend you have Cork and Dublin in the football. Like we're just going to be yeah. absolutely swamped with, with great games. Yeah, you know, for the for the Cork Jutes there, for Hannah Ludy, for Libby Coppinger. Yeah. I suppose this is the these are the week or ten days that really make it worth it, don't they? Like they've had to put up with a lot, fixture clashes and probably training six nights a week. And now you know, I think it's great for them now that like on Saturday they get to go to the Gaelic Crowns and and take on Galway, the league champions, their old enemy. Yeah. And then the following week they get to go to Crow Park and take on the dubs and people will be writing off Cork and Ify Fitzel won't be won't be one bit worried oh, no. themselves and masters and they'll walk in there with the shoulders back and they'll have a cut off the dubs and all. Look, it's great for the for the lads because I suppose they're often in the limelight for the wrong reasons. You only ever hear about the jewel players in Cork when there's a fixture clash. Yes. And look, I think I think you know they deserve. Of course, look, they're not going to be treating these games as occasions. They're going to want to win them. You know, but it's great that they do get to, t- to show their skills on on this kind of stage because they deserve it. Um, they're class players, you know. I've come across them a good bit with UCC and with Cork and stuff like that, and they're, they seem to be good people, good characters as well. And so, it, look, it's going to be a really interesting game. I suppose we have a bit off topic there. Really, really interesting. Um, it's back to the league champions against the All Ireland champions. Galway haven't been firing. Um, I know I tipped them at the start of the year to win the All Ireland, but kind of maybe rowing back a little bit on that now. They showed glimpses of it against Waterford, like they they went and hit one ten without reply against a good Waterford team. Nobody else has done that to Waterford this year. So when they hit form, they're an excellent size. Yeah. Like they're really solid at the back. Sarah Dervin, Heather Cooney, you know, they come out through the lines. Aoife Dunham, who makes them tick in the middle of the field, just pulling the strings. And then Ailish O'Reilly, and Ailish O'Reilly is fantastic as well. Carrie Dolan was superb the last day. Like they definitely have the players to do it. It's a case of what Galway turns up. Is it the Galway that we saw in the latter stages of the league that were so so impressive? Yes. Or the Galway team that has been stuttering along, you know. <clears throat> I suppose Cork. We know nothing about Cork this year. The same as every other year. I suppose they've been just brushing teams aside fairly comfortably without. So there's no word out of Cork. There's no word out of Paddy. Yeah. You know. Is Thompson going to play? She's been, we said it every single podcast. She's named on the program number nine, right at the bottom of the sub. Number nine, Ashley Thompson. Is it Saturday that Paddy pulls it out of the bag and we see Thompson playing? Will he wait till Crow Park? Will she play at all? It's like the dear McConnelly effect with Dublin. Yeah. I've, I've been saying all along that she's going to be back, she's going to be back, she's going to be back. I can't see any other reason why they keep naming her on the panel if she's not going to play. Um, and look, like Cork are a different team with her. They have been playing young Laura Hayes in midfield there as well, and she's a, a real talented up-and-coming prospect. Um, but Thompson makes them take around the middle of the field. Um, but it's going to be a great game. Like you know, you're just going to have great battles all over the place. Jem O'Connor on Jeannie Cormican if she plays. Sarah Durbin on Linda Collins. You know, Heather Cooney on on Katrina Mackey. Just ah, oh, look, it's it's the game of the year. I can't yeah. wait for it. Um, just really, really looking forward to it. Um, the pitch in the Gaelic Grounds is in phenomenal condition. I was at a club game there the other night. Uh, so it's all set up. Quarter past seven, throwing. Probably the lights will be on by the end of it. Look, it's just, it's just going to be one of the greatest, you know, one of the biggest games of all time, really. Like, you know, and, like, I just can't, can't wait for it. No, I was really looking forward to it. Right. I was actually going to say, I, hello, I was right to say, right. I was going to say, Adrian O'Sullivan, now is your time to shine. Who will be competing for the O'Duffy Cup? Yeah, look, 
as I said I'm going to go with Chukini I think Chukini will have too much for Tipperary in the second game I don't rule out a draw but you know what Cork mm. are most dangerous when they're just there's no one talking about Cork it's just nobody taking any notice of their results they cruise through the group only thing I might worry about is whether you know, they might be a little bit undercooked from having no real competitive games but I suppose they're used to that and they nearly always qualify as top of the group so they're used to having a bit of a break so Paddy will be well able to manage that the gap between the last group game and the semi-final look I'm going to have to go with Cork Um Kenny final again look, and you had tipped Galway to win it I had tipped Galway to win it but look, it's amazing how sport can, goes yeah yeah sure look don't you know now that I've tipped Cork sure Galway will probably play their best though on Saturday and they sure look it's tipped Limerick you did so to win the yeah, yeah, hurling, yeah so. you know yeah exactly but sure look yeah I think I think it's going to be uh, I think it's going to be a Cork Kenny final um, yeah. and look that's I suppose for the neutral, it might be a little bit boring seeing the Cork to Kinney final and they've been low scoring affairs over the years, but I suppose for the enthusiast, yeah. like they're the two heavy hitters, like they're the two big teams and, you know, Cork have won the last two. Kinney beat them in 2016. Like, is Andoni going to stay on much longer? If they don't win it this year, is one All Ireland out of four? Is that a return that she'd like? So whereas two, sharing, sharing the four 50-50 with Cork, two each, you would say as a, as a fairly decent return. So there's a lot on the line, you know, but they, they won't be looking any further than um, looking any further than Saturday. Yeah. Um, great occasion. Don Artie, watch it. If you're in around the vicinity, go to it. Well worth it. Great entertainment. Yeah, I can't wait. Really looking forward to it though. Unfortunately, I have a soccer match to cover, but I will be watching it before I head out. Your player yeah. of the week, sir. Yeah, look, there's been some some really good performances over the over I suppose since the last time we did the Camogie podcast a couple of weeks ago. Um, the obvious ones, caught the van was excellent for Tipperary. Uh, Need Mulcahy was superb for Limerick. The goal, jeez, we didn't even talk yeah. about the goal. Unbelievable, straight down the middle and and straight into the roof of the net. Just absolutely superb. Need Mul has been doing that for 14 years, like, and I suppose that's the first time Limerick have played a knockout game. So. There might, you know, there could be still some people that have seen her for the first time on screen last week, which is absolutely incredible, you know. Um, so yeah, I caught the van, Neve Mull. As I said, Quiva Burke was excellent in goals for, for Tipperary as well. And the Galway Watford game, Sean Healy was superb. Um, Carrie Dolan was just different class altogether. I thought she would have got mad at the match in that game, actually, and not Ailish O'Reilly. I just thought maybe RT gave it to Ailish O'Reilly because she got a goal. And I'm a big fan of Ailish O'Reilly, so I don't mean that against her in that way. But um, Carrie Dolan, for me, was excellent. On the wall for side, Beth Carton, again, I suppose, the, the old reliable. Well, if you can be an old reliable at 21 years of age, I suppose. But yeah, the, old the ever The ever reliable. Ever reliable is probably a better word. Yeah, exactly. Um, and look, they were well served by Anya Ling, Trisha Jackman and that as well. Look, to be fair to the juniors, um, I think Patrice Diggins was absolutely incredible for Kerry. I've seen maybe four or five minutes of highlights of that game mm. and she had a hand in everything for Kerry. I don't know what, the junior championship doesn't get as much coverage maybe as it should and like I know Patrice is a phenomenal player so because of that, look, I, I give her the, the player of the week and, and hopefully uh, that will mean that people will tune into the junior final, uh, junior final when it's on and they'll look out for her because she's a player well worth looking out for. You mentioned earlier on that Sports Talk will be in Limerick on Saturday and, yeah. you know, we'll have lots of stories in the build-up to the weekend's games on the website mm-hmm. too. So everyone, keep an eye on our Facebook and Twitter pages. Sully, thanks as ever. 
we'll chat to you again next week and of course we will be back next week with another dual podcast so until then slong gafol mm-hmm.